0: Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Good morning. You're listening to Your Money with me, Michelle Martin. It was a highly successful NFT launch, but some say an even bigger flop. The expectation was for a new revolutionary metaverse game, but the reveal was disastrous and many buyers of the NFTs were disappointed with the collection of art that they had paid Cole Ether for. On YouTube, words like scam and comically bad NFTs pop up when you look up Pixelmon. But could the $70 million NFT drop that disappointed have a new lease on life? With a new leadership team, new possibilities for existing NFT holders to interact with the game and the possibility of owning land in the game. Well, to understand the game's possible future, you have to understand Pixelmon's recent history. Then a 21-year-old Martin Van Blerk or Cyber pitched his NFT drop as digital entry to an open-world RPG-style game where you could train, fight and evolve your Pixelmon. The response to the Dutch auction on OpenSea for the NFTs was overwhelming. In mere hours, the auction netted close to 70 million at the time, or about 19,800 Ether. Buyers had bought blue eggs that they were hoping would hatch into individual characters that they would train and grow and would look revolutionary for the gaming world. But in February this year, when the NFTs were revealed, owners were underwhelmed and some were out of pocket as the hilarious pixelated images plummeted in price on OpenSea. The Pixelmon team responded to the uproar and promised to spend some $2 million to improve the artwork. Last night, Web3 VC LiquidX said it has acquired a 60% controlling stake in Pixelmon and will assume a fully operational role in all departments, promising a refresh Pixelmon, characters that trade and are transferable across Ether1 blockchain. Well, we're going to find out more about the game right now. Joining me is CEO of Pixelmon, Julio Siloyanis. Good morning and thank you for joining us.
1: Good morning, Michelle. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. I guess the question on everybody's lips is, let's talk about this acquisition. You're CEO of Pixelmon. You're also a founding member of LiquidX and that's the VC which has taken this majority stake in Pixelmon. So why buy a controversial NFT project?
1: Well, I admit, Michelle, that I think our first conversation with the Pixelmon team, I approached it a little bit like you did. I think the word controversial, the word skeptical were there in our minds. But uh, look, an acquisition is, is a relatively long process. During that process, we were increasingly convinced to the point that I started taking operational steps preemptively in the project uh, to understand what, how much could be salvaged of it. And and the main reason we did so was uh, dual. Um, I think the first and foremost was that whilst there was a disappointing art drop, uh, as you said, there was an overwhelming mint that preceded that. And actually, you could see the power of that mint and the power of that community still alive and strong even after the art reveal. This was one of the most engaged communities that we had interacted with in our... um, Say MA and an acquisition process, a community that was still on board after the art flop, because yes, there was some there was disappointment, there were people that took to the web and to social channels to complain, but the core of the collection holders held now the beauty of your blockchain is it's transparent. So you can track how many holders from the Dutch auction actually sold. And the reality it was it was a single digit minority at that point in time percentage, which showed the power of that community and the willingness to hold, backed by a 200,000-plus strong Twitter community and a 40,000-plus strong Discord community. Then I'll add to that something a little bit more, let's say, personal. I personally, and I'll, I'll use this word in brackets, but I personally fell in love with the game design during these conversations and during this process. And that's also where we took a decision that was a little bit out of the LiquidX initial scope, which was for one of us to move to a full-time leadership position in one of the acquired companies, and that was me. So basically one of the founders stepping out of operational roles in LiquidX and taking the helm of the Pixelmon project. Last but not least, why did we approach it? So this is why we bought, we, we made the investment in Pixelmon specifically, but ultimately underlying to that, there is a very strong belief in the industry, a very strong belief in NFT and gaming technology applications within Metaverse underscore GameFi projects.
0: What was it about the
1: gaming world that you fell in love with? Look, I think there's, there's a few sides to it, but taking a few steps back, and while the web-free community is, is relatively young, and for once younger than me, <laughs> I'm old enough to have witnessed the first arrival of monster training and hunting games on my first uh, game Boy, and to have actually watched multiple cartoons on these topics when I was a kid, so I think hey, this is very similar to what the community actually feels towards the project, and it is a deep sense of nostalgia and then merging with it the infinite possibilities that actually true digital ownership, which is what the blockchain and nft brings within that context, so the context of not only in a in a one environment like a one game server being able to capture, train, evolve, and basically have a path alongside these creatures, but actually being able to own the underlying assets. So the so-called play to own movement and economics, which I believe will change the face of gaming.
0: When we talk about playing to own, you're giving land to the uh, existing holders of the first generation Pixelmon NFTs. And I wonder, is this land tradable? Yes, the
1: land will, uh, the land will be uh, made available to owners, to holders, in the first half of next year. It will be tradable, so it will be another class of NFTs, essentially, uh, surrounding the game. Uh, there'll be two types of land. Uh, one will actually have in-game applications, meaning it will actually translate to a physical space within the game that only that holder can access or invite other players to. A second type of land will instead be what we call fractional. So it'll give a percentage of ownership over a wider plot of land where everybody can roam freely and and spend time on. So it won't be as it would be more like owning a percentage of a real estate complex, but not necessarily a certain square footage of it in that second
0: class. All right, we'll come back to what this acquisition means for existing holders of the first generation NFT of Pixelmon in just a while. But what does this controlling interest give LiquidX and what is it bringing to Pixelmon and what will it not do?
1: So I think the, the controlling interest was purely ultimately a, uh, a way to be operationally lean and fast. Pixelmon is still a startup. Ultimately, as you said, the Mint was in February. It's a young company, and startups need to be lean on their feet, which means that governance needs to be quite straightforward and direct. And governance can only be straightforward and direct when one participant uh, holds a controlling stake. And of course, it pegs a lot on the capacity of that participant, but controlling stake was important in that way. Even more than for pure economic reasons of you know, what it could mean down the road for LiquidX, it actually is important as to how fast Pixelmon can move in the short term. The, what, does it, what, does it, what does LiquidX bring and what does Pixelmon li- bring to LiquidX? Well, Pixelmon brings to LiquidX its first large gaming and GameFi acquisition and the first big step in that direction and basically makes us a strong competitor and participant in that space. But most of all, it, pr- it truly puts to use our studio capabilities, because ultimately we are a m a engine or VC engine that sits in front of a studio. And by studio, I mean a pure gaming studio. So strong 3D design and gaming engine development capabilities, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Pixelmon needed to develop its roadmap. While the Pixelmon initial art was pixelated, the current art now live is what you call super high polygon. Meaning there are more than a hundred thousand polygons per character. Polygons are what compose; they are the so-called pixels in three D design. And that art is fully animated, complete of sound. And they were all; these were all tasks carried out thanks to the synergies with the Liquid X Studio capabilities. So
0: speaking, uh, that art is now live. Speaking of design. Um- you know, you've said that Pixelmon has one goal, to develop the highest quality free-to-play and play-to-own game in the NFT and metaverse space and that your North Star is to create the industry standard for Web3 gaming. I'm quoting your press release here. What is the timeline for delivering this?
1: I think timelines in gaming are are scary topics. Uh, the average gaming company, uh, AAA gaming company from Web2 would tell you that to develop a so-called multiplayer open world, they would... I call it digging a hole and uh, hiding in it for five to 10 years now, because that's the time actually behind such a development. Now we can't do it that way. We can't do it that way because we're a startup. So we need to deliver product much faster. We don't have a live existing game that backs us while we build an MMO. And secondly, because web 3 tends at least culturally to not accept those kind of timelines and particularly a retail holder base, very differently from large institutional investors, would also not have the patience for it. Hence, we are looking at actually splitting our game into what I call separate instances. Separate instances means splitting the gameplay phases in different products that are born as separate products and then come back together once they're all ready. Imagine this as me saying the combat mechanics of the game and experiencing combat will first be released in an arena setting, where you'll be able to play against other players and in teams, but within an enclosed arena. And that's a separate game by itself that we're going to release in the first half of next year. And we're able to, to release it in the first half of next year because we are in parallel, but separately as a product, developing the whole open world for exploration, the metaverse for social interaction, which are separate instances. Each instance goes out as a product. And then when they're all ready, they all get back integrated into one software package, Mm -hmm. in essence. This allows us to actually go to market much faster, buy instance, and test instances with our holders and wide player bases before creating a one ultimate product. It's a strategy that is not entirely novel. A couple of other web-free gaming companies are following it, and it allows us to go to market faster, and most importantly, give the market something new every quarter, Uh, every semester, if not even every quarter, to actually experience and use. All
0: right, so we can understand your direct role in Pixelmon, Julio. When you look at this project and how you're going to steer it moving forward, what do you think needs to be fixed?
1: I think fixing is a big word. I think uh, fixing was, what needed to be fixed was the art. And the art was actually fixed in the sense that it was changed the very beginning of August, thanks to Some of the work we did in the background while the paperwork and other documentations were being managed from a Liquidex standpoint. So a goodwill, let's say, um, entrance in the space. Work, by the way, to which the founder, Martin Van Blurk, participated very actively and brought actually his strong contributions to this art revival that was very appreciated by the community. But beyond that, I wouldn't use the word fix because I think what the 70 million might hide is that ultimately Pixelmon was a startup that when the 70 million were minted, there was a skeleton of a team, but not really a team. It was like a startup receiving its pre-seed investment. So what needs to be brought, and what we are now, I would say is 70% of my time, is building a team that actually reflects a treasury of that size. And that's quite a process, but it's a process that we are following quite successfully. Uh, We've got members on the team now that come from Garena, they come from Blizzard, they come from Ubisoft, they have um and this is just to name the gaming ecosystem we've got uh, we brought an experienced finance team experienced HR and recruiting team and i'm still interviewing actively and i would say at this point in time a good 50% of my day is just spent interviewing interviewing because that's what we need to put together Absolutely. we've got now yeah. when we started there was five members to the team mm-hmm. there's nearly 50 as of today.
0: And you mentioned the founder, Martin Van Bloek, so is his cyber still part of the leadership team?
1: So cyber is not part of the operational leadership of the project. Uh, He is part of the ownership structure of the company and uh, has his own representation on the board of directors, Uh, but no, he's not operational uh, at this point in time. He was instrumental and operational during the art remake.
0: We're asking today, is this a new chapter for Pixelmon NFT? You're with me here on Your Money and joining me is the CEO of the game, Julio Siloyanes. joining me live, CEO of Pixelmon. When we look at this acquisition, what does this really mean for people who have bought Pixelmon Gen 1 NFTs?
1: I think what this really means is that there isn't just, and by just I, I don't mean to diminish it, but there isn't a, There's a great game concept. This was present already since February. There's good funding, and this is thanks to the holders. But now there's also the, uh, forgive me if that sounds arrogant, but that's what we hope to bring, but the ability to execute on that roadmap and bring experienced executors and operators on board. And that makes a world of difference because that work makes the idea into reality. That's what Let's holders actually be able to experience their NFTs, not just on OpenSea, but as 3D assets in a game with uh, blockchain yield capabilities and all sorts of other, other advantages ranging from land to trainers to token economy, etc. The difference is now, now we're building the game.
0: All right. We need to talk about Kevin speaking about assets. Uh, Kevin's become an internet meme are you essentially flipping the script and taking Pixelmon Gen 1 NFTs and saying now they have value because they're limited edition?
1: I think that would be reductive because saying that the only reason that they have value is that they're limited edition would ultimately kind of ascribe the value to, yes, being limited edition, but also having a community that wants it. Now, I believe that ultimately that holds for a certain period of time, but all the assets need to have an underlying true value and the underlying true value in my opinion is the usage and interest of players and by players i mean people that are different than the buyers of nfts the free to play players that want to play the game and want to roam around with a borg or a kevin or some or some other monster and their actual use in game is what ultimately circles back value to the holders of the NFT element. Because the NFT element ultimately is a token of ownership over an in-game asset where the value ascribed to it should ultimately in the long term be proportional to the demand and use in-game of that asset.
0: So I'm of the generation where I know these Pokemons and people develop some sort of relationship with these creatures that they were feeding and training and growing. And I'm wondering with these Kevins, will they actually be able to form a relationship? Will they be the first one generation token owners? Will they be able to see Kevin in this world?
1: They will. They will. Kevin is uh, also for a simple matter of uh, keeping, taking pride in our origins is also the only character we didn't redesign. We redesigned uh, 67 out of the 68 characters, uh, species. Kevin stays the same. It is a memorabilia. I think one needs to own its past. Uh, It's a rocky past, but we can own it. And uh, Kevin's are right now the most highly demanded pieces in the collection, even more than the dragons, uh, because of that.
0: Interesting. So the price, um, you know, when it first sat at the auction was about three Ether, these NFT tokens, and then it went down to about one Ether in a couple of hours and then, a, you know, a fraction of of Ether still trading on OpenSea. What sort of reaction have you seen in terms of uh, trading interest after your announcement?
1: I think uh, the, we announced to the community that we were releasing, uh, we were going out of stealth, uh, as startups would say, this week. And uh, that alone, uh, so before the actual news uh, was uncovered, uh, we saw a 50% raise in price in the cheaper, so in the lowest priced elements of the collection, the so-called floor price. Now, that is to be taken with a pinch of salt in the sense that in a collection such as the Pixelmon one, where we have very common Species and then very uncommon species up to the dragons. The floor price would only represent be a, an accurate representation of our very common species, while we actually saw increases in price of more than 100% in the rarer elements of the collection, which some of which now stand at two to three x the Dutch auction price. So so far positive, at least from the investor community, very positive. Remains to see to be seen in the coming months and quarters how positive the gaming community uh, will take to our game and gameplay. Uh, but the investor community seems to be taking everything that's happening positively.
0: I'm sure there is no end game right now. You're just at the beginning of uh, evolving this game. But w- what, what is the, um, the hopeful future of the game as you would like to envision it?
1: What I would envision is a massive open world with true multiplayer capabilities. A million plus active players per month. So really taking uh, blockchain gaming into the seven digits. And I would want, and this is where it's controversial, but I would want for more than 90% of that player base to be non-web free player base. So to be web two players that enter the game because they like to play it. And through the game, they so-called on-ramp to web 3 because that's where play to own comes into play. They find NFTs in the game through gameplay through skills, um, through training, through time spent on it. And so the game becomes an on-ramp to Web3. So when, when asked what's the North Star KPI of the game, I say, well, it's not just number of active players, it's how many active players as a percentage do we convert per day from being pure Web2 holders to actually opening a wallet and becoming Web3 holders because of the assets they found in the game. Um, Beyond that, and I, I would take a whole other interview, but I'd love for this game to also start entering the so-called uh, create, pay-to-create or create-to-earn economy, where at some point new pixel mons, because generations will have to be continuously designed and inter- inserted, are not designed by us, but they're designed by decentralized creators that then submit them to the foundation, the DAO, the community. and. Uh, if approved, then enter the game as a new species. So essentially decentralizing the growth of our ecosystem. This is only possible naturally once we have scale and scale of gamers. but it is part of the vision.
0: Well, we hope you'll come back when you do achieve that scale. Fascinating speaking with you. Thank you so much. Julio Siloyan is the CEO of Pixelmon and co-founder of Liquid X, which last night said it's acquired a 60% controlling stake in one of the largest NFT drops in history, the Pixelmon project. You're listening to Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. Thank you for joining me. Before acting on the information on Money FM.